Welcome to Microsoft SaaS Stories. I'm your host, Jason Young, a curious engineering manager here at Microsoft. And in this episode, we'll be exploring how Wolfpack built their SaaS application for retail customers. They share how connecting engineers directly to customers allows them to learn how to deliver value at scale. Today, I'm here with Kuhn Den Hollander, co-founder of Wolfpack. How's it going, Kuhn? Pretty well, pretty well. Yourself? Good, good. Um, we're going to be having some great conversations around SaaS and around uh, your company here, um, uh, which is Wolfpack, and I'm super excited about this. So let's just get into it, um, and let's talk about what your company focuses on and what products you have. Sure, excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, our, our product um, is called Omnichannel Retail Platform, mm-hmm. and in short, we call it ORP. Uh, it's a SaaS solution, uh, which we offer to uh, retail customers in Europe and in South Africa currently. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'll just tell you a little bit about it, what it, uh, yeah. what it does. So it's it's primarily uh, aimed to bring together the e-commerce uh, world, so, so web stores and offline sales, so physical stores uh, in the shopping mall. And uh, we do this because we saw uh, years ago that that traditional IT in uh, stores is very different than e-commerce IT. And we mm-hmm. uh, thought to bring that together uh, with our solution. And this is the, the key fundament of, uh, of ORP. Mm-hmm. And there's basically three topics that we tackle with our solution. And that's orders. Uh, so really order management, product, product information, and stock, stock information. Mm-hmm. And those three topics... Uh, tend to be uh, uh, challenges for retailers that sell in a lot of different channels. And this is what we're helping uh, them uh, then do. Mm-hmm. So if you have, so if it's, if it's a retail company and they have an e-commerce solution and they have, you know, a, a brick and mortar. So are they sharing the same backend system? Is that the idea for, for inventory management is a shared inventory management system? Yes. Yeah. So okay. uh, usually if they would have, I, I would say an example, a uh, customer has a hundred stores, mm-hmm. which are all stock locations and they have one or two warehouses that are stock locations and they sell uh, online yeah, and we, we manage that stock for all those locations and mm-hmm. all the orders we get in real time into our system. So we can continuously give that stock back to all the sales channels. Okay. And from Orb, yeah, which is, uh, also a, a middleware, if you will, from Orb, we then uh, sync with the ERP system, uh, which mm-hmm. could be uh, Microsoft uh, Business Central, Microsoft Dynamics, or uh, another ERP system. Okay. And then was this always a SaaS model, or was it something that you migrated to? No, it was always SaaS from the okay. start. Um, uh, we, we're, we're, we're on our way just a few years, and, and from the start, we said, okay, we want this to be really... Uh, uh, technically a state-of-the-art uh, system. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really all about microservices, API, cloud. That's really uh, uh, key principles of the solutions. And in terms of the business model, uh, we really wanted it to be SaaS. So we, we have one version, cloud, and we continuously add new features that are um, available for our customers. We don't want anything to do with uh, upgrade and different versions. Uh, from the start, this was the vision, and mm-hmm. uh, we, we stick to that. Okay. So um, I think you kind of answered this, but I'm, I'm curious what SaaS means to you then. I mean, I know you you mentioned some of the aspects of it, but you you basically manage it as one single system for all of your customers is what it sounds like. It is, yes. Mm-hmm. So in terms of the solution, it is one, one solution for all. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, the configuration uh, is different by customer. And mm-hmm. 
maybe I'll, t I'll tell you a little bit what we mean with configuration. Eh? So, uh, so where does development stop and configuration start? So we try to be, in terms of the core, really strict about uh, what we develop in the core and not, and keep mm -hmm. that the same for everyone. But um, the configuration is different. So some customers uh, obviously uh, have, for example, uh, they, they want to ship all the e-commerce orders, not from a central warehouse, but from the store. Mm -hmm. uh, that can be something that they wish to do because they put the store first. So then we push that, those orders, we push to the stores based on stock, based on location of the customer. And we configure Orb to do that. And another customer might say, well, I have one big warehouse and first the orders need to come from that warehouse. So we push the orders there. And only if it doesn't have uh, uh, the products in stock there, then you need to push it to the store. So given the business rules, business requirements, we configure Orb differently, but in terms of the core, uh, the core code of Orb, uh, we keep it the same. And when we, uh, when we create a new functionality that becomes available to all customers, and it still might, may need to be configured differently by customer, but that's configuration and not actually creating new code and new functionality. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. I remember when uh, applications used to, you know, basically ship box software and allow extreme customizations, and then they were they were really backed into a corner whenever they wanted to uh, uh, switch to a SaaS model. So it's nice that you started like this from the start. That made it a lot easier, I'm sure. Yeah, and sometimes we cannot get it in the core or we cannot configure it. And then we say, well, this is a really a bespoke application and we put it outside of key orb. And that also happens because we want to help our customers. And one of our examples is a football club. It's uh, Manchester City, uh, one of the biggest clubs. Mm. Uh, we help them also uh, with customization of their products. So if you want a shirt with a certain Champions League badge or you want your name on the shirt, uh, that's really customization of a product. And this module for us is not core orb. So we created this application, but we put it explicitly outside of the core uh, to not clutter the core with new functionality that the other customers really don't need. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then how do you how do you go about pricing this? What is your pricing model? Uh, we've chosen uh, a modular approach uh, because we deal with orders and products. So some of our customers do order some products and some uh, most of them both. So it's modules and then it's also based on volume. Mm. So uh, we have smaller and larger uh, clients with large or order volumes or smaller order volumes. And this also uh, means that uh, our cost, uh, because we host our application all on, on Azure, uh, means that large customers, obviously, uh, for us, are a lot of uh, data that flows through our product and also through mm -hmm. Azure. So our cost increases, and therefore, we also yep. charge more to the, to the customers. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Pass through some of those additional costs. Yeah. Um, so what were some of the biggest challenges you had building this platform? And then... My my big question then is like were they mostly business were they mostly technical like was it was it um, you know challenging building your business as a SaaS business or was it more about the software and how do we like make this resilient and and make it customizable and those types of things? Um, it's a bit of both and they're mm -hmm. intertwined because in the beginning uh, at the first customers you tend to say yes to everything eh? to every mm -hmm. question of the customer yes we can do this right you're just happy to, <laughs> to yeah, you be just, talking to a customer yeah you just run with it and yeah. you create uh, hey, the, 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 the basic uh, answer is yeah we will create a solution and we start building code mm -hmm. and um, 
at one point uh, we really had to uh, uh, say no more or or switch to an answer that says well yes that's possible mm -hmm. but we propose to do it this way and and so uh, SaaS was always the idea and always the the, uh, the basic premise of the solution but for the first customers uh, we had to uh, we, we we went uh, uh, a long way to get them satisfied and then the code started to be a bit too too, too broad and we started to have different uh, solutions by customers so so uh, the key challenge was to turn that around after those first customers mm -hmm. to clean up the code uh, uh, to make it all standardized and and that is something that uh, that was a key challenge yeah? so both business wise to say no to customers and to to push them into our saas model and technically also to uh, to clean up and, and, and to, to get all the custom code out of there and, and, and make everything the same thing. Because that's the only way for us to scale. Mm -hmm. and so to scale in a number of customers, we need to be able to implement uh, in, uh, in a few hours. Uh, and so, so lower down implementation and uh, keep it very standardized. Right. It sounds like there's a really good lesson in there for other, other companies that are going to do the same thing, right? Is to is to think about that second customer, that tenth customer, that hundredth customer. What what is that going to look like? And when they ask for for customizations, what is your customization story? Like, how do you deliver a base set of value that's going to be valuable to them? But then, how do you also let them, you know, as they have some exotic requirements, how do you allow them to do that within the uh, bounds of the system without breaking it for everybody or making it really difficult to manage or whatever it might be. Yeah, it's exactly that. And, and, yeah. and, and, and it's, it's really, uh, you cannot do that in the first few customers because you, in the first few customers, you're also learning what your solution is all about. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, and once you get a sort of 80% right of what the solution should be, uh, then you can start standardizing and then you can also start uh, creating that boundary and pushing everything outside the core that is really bespoke, that's really customized. Mm -hmm. And uh, you should take to, into account that, that you will hit that phase and and it will take you, it took us maybe a year, year and a half mm -hmm. of, of cleanup standardization. And we're still doing that. And every day uh, we we keep pushing the technical team to, to make sure, uh, is this a question that is core? Is this relevant for everybody? Should it be in the core or should it be outside of the core and this is yeah uh, of course of course that makes a lot of sense um so you know if you look back i is there anything you think you would have done differently i i was thinking that you would have been focused on scale and maybe that would have been something that you regretted but then as you talked about a little bit more it sounds like the first customers were part of the learning experience and and if you if you had tried to build that 80% solution initially, you probably would have built the wrong things. <laughs> so it actually sounds like that's not even a regret for, for you at this point. So what is, is there anything you think you would have done differently if you could go back in time and t give yourself some secrets? Yeah, I think, I think the, uh, it, it was an in inevitable journey for us. I think we, we probably, mm -hmm. uh, the only regret we, we, we could have done this standardization a bit earlier and a bit more okay. aggressive in hindsight. Yeah. So uh, we're we're only really fixing that now, and uh, I think um, you know in hindsight uh, we could have done this earlier. But but yeah, mm -hmm. there's definitely also a sense of acceptance that uh, yeah. this is part of a natural journey, okay. and it's it's also yeah it, it was a bit painful but also fun because uh, when you really talk about 
customer demands, which are really crucial, which are, which are not so crucial. And you, and you sort of tinker about, uh, tinker uh, with the core solution that you've produced. Uh, this is also pretty cool. And, and, and this is also what the team likes. Uh, we have some, some very experienced guys on the team that, is, that have worked as a developer a long time. But this is the last years they've been really working on this SaaS uh, uh, own product, uh, uh, optimizing mm-hmm. our own solution and trying mm-hmm. to make that scalable. And that journey uh, is what sort of uh, Michel and, and myself as, as, as founders love, but also uh, the technical team. They really uh, get inspired by the journey that we're on. Uh, yeah. and the fact that we m- try to make it so scalable and so standard uh, to grow as a company. Yeah. So I, I do have a question about that, um, which you sort of touched on, but how do you get those engineers to think in SaaS? Like so many engineers didn't think in this way previously, and now they have to think through how they keep a service running 24 by seven. I know we already talked about, you know, sort of generalizing some mm-hmm. things, but how do they think about like, the deployments and uptime and just running this this high availability service how did you get them to think like that um this is yeah a really a, a change process that that uh we've had to actually schedule uh much more time out of the the, the day-to-day tasks to uh to spend time on this together as a team uh like with the traditional one well, pizza sessions uh, really take out some hours of the day to to talk about standard features, uh, also put a process in place uh, whenever they were in doubt whether this was something standardized or a customer requirement, just to uh, to get approval for it. So mm-hmm. uh, it used it used to be maybe a bit more uh, free uh, for everybody to help the customers, and this uh, uh, help the customers at any cost. This really transitioned into what's best for the solution, but ultimately that's the best way to help the customer, and this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had to put in a bit more procedures uh, and a bit more structure and also a bit more time together as a mm-hmm. team to to get uh, that ship turned around uh, from mm-hmm. customer oriented to solution oriented. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, it was probably valuable experience for those engineers to have that front end, uh, you know, that customer experience. Um, but then once they once they sort of understood, you know, there's a there's a face behind what we're uh, you know, who we're trying to build for that probably really helped them, uh, you know, foundationally going forward. Definitely, definitely. And, and and they love talking to customers, our developers. Mm-hmm. But the other hand, the customers also told us, uh, they, they compared us to other SaaS companies. And a few mm-hmm. years ago, one of our larger customers said, well, you guys really need to say no, no more often. Yeah? Look at your... Yeah. Uh, at, at these guys, and these guys say no nine times out of 10. And ultimately that helps us more uh, than you guys, because you say yes uh, most of the time. Uh, right. And this was really a customer telling us to be more SaaS, uh, right. which really opened our eyes saying, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, that's we... such, a, such a good lesson. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And then let's talk about scale. Like, how do you how do you build this in a scalable way? Like, do you, and do you work with customers that are in different regions? And I assume that they need this thing to be you know, available and perform well. So how do you, how do you build all of this in a scalable way? Yeah, we've, we've built it for high performance from the start uh, mm-hmm. because we've always uh, um, focused on, on connectivity, high volume traffic. Yeah, it, it has to be about uh, large volumes of orders, uh, a lot of product data going back and forth between systems. So that's how we set it up. 
from the start, really with microservices all uh, uh, fragmented to be able to handle big loads, load balancers. So that whole uh, infrastructure has been in place from the start. It has been a headless solution in the beginning and, and only after a few years, we uh, build a really good uh, user interface on it. But the whole DNA of the solution is uh, performance, connectivity. Um, and uh, working with Microsoft and, and having everything on Azure really helps us uh, to do that. Uh, it's, a, it's the right uh, infrastructure, the right partner for us. Yeah. Um, and uh, also working on, on different uh, clusters uh, within Azure. Uh, it's really vital to be able also to switch between uh, clusters using a, a Microsoft front door, for example. Uh, so mm. if one uh, uh, cluster goes down or any issue, we, we switch automatically to another. So we've put a lot of time in uh, in uptime connectivity uh, mm. for our clients. And, and we serve clients that are, uh, like I mentioned, uh, in, in Europe, in various countries, uh, working uh, globally, uh, but also in South Africa. Um, mm. We have some major customers uh, with hundreds of stores. So it's really important that our solution uh, is working uh, all the time. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And then what about uh, security? Like, how do you think about security? How important is security to you? And, and how do you approach that? Yeah, security comes at different levels. And, and, and we use the Microsoft tools as much as possible in, in, in an infrastructure way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, But it, it goes all the way to uh, 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 the, the individual rights and roles of our users. So having different roles uh, uh, because our users are big teams. Huh? So there's a lot of people working with our system. Mm-hmm. From e-commerce teams to financial teams, we're dealing with money, huh? so refunds. Uh, so, so people, uh, mm-hmm. we give people different rights and roles. Very important, uh, giving them the right Very, levels. Yeah, the most, yeah, one of the most important things. Yeah, access, uh, uh, managing passwords. So mm-hmm. we're spending a lot of time uh, there, and also so, uh, the other part of it is also what data do we. Uh, do we store and do, how long do we store it for and where do we push mm-hmm. the data? So there's also a lot of uh, GDPR uh, uh, issues that we deal with. Um, and also because of the partners that we connect with, we get audited as well. So uh, mm. uh, we connect with a lot of different marketplaces that have high demands on uh, data that we can pull from them and push to them. So uh, this is really uh, yeah, a big topic for us. Okay. And then, um, you know, were there any, when you actually went to production initially, were there any big surprises for you? I know it'd be like more relevant if you had started not as a SaaS model, but even, even starting as a SaaS model, when it actually came time to, you know, flip over to production, um, what was that process like? Um, yeah, so a while ago, I, I, not major, uh, no major, uh, mm-hmm. uh issues, uh, at that yeah. time. Yeah. But but also we started with a, a really really yeah much lower volume that we than we have today. Huh? So yep, I was uh, going to ask about that, like that because that that could be a big surprise, right? Is you're trying to predict how you know like when these transactions are going to take place, and then you know you might be surprised by when it actually does happen. So was there any were there any surprises on that, like certain weekends or if you're dealing with retail or the, you know certain days where it gets super busy and you have to scale up. You know, were there, were there any yeah, surprises you're, there? You're right. I mean, Black Friday is always like yeah. a huge volume. And every, every year we, but we've built it now. Every year we're ready on Black Friday. Eh? So we have a team yeah. and we're, we're ready to go, but nothing happens because we, 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 we've we built it yeah. to auto scale. And, uh, yeah. 
And I think probably in the beginning, it wasn't so auto scaling as it is now. So in the beginning, when somebody really had a big promotion, we, we, we kind of felt it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the load might affect our system, but currently we've set it up uh, we, uh, that 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 doesn't happen anymore. Uh, we we hardly uh, mm-hmm. feel that, uh, to be honest. That sounds like another great lesson. Like, build your solution as if tomorrow is Black Friday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, and then, and, you're, and, then and you're ready for anything. You are, and but you yeah, you also have to to make sure that it's built smart otherwise you have a lot of cost in right. the beginning. Yes, you don't right. have the clients yet, and and you have a lot of you can't just add more. Uh, VMs and databases and, and build a Ferrari when, when you don't need a Ferrari yet. Huh? So it's, uh, Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. And then is this solution, is this published in the Azure Marketplace? Yes, so we're uh, uh, an, an ISV partner. It's also transactionable. Huh? So, so partners uh, can also automatically uh, purchase our solution. Um, and this is also one of the, the things for us, which is important to scale together with Microsoft uh, mm-hmm. is, is and partners. Yeah? So uh, we're working with also Mar- uh, uh, Microsoft uh, implementation partners that uh, also implement, for example, uh, ERP systems like Business Central, mm-hmm. or, and, and, and they can then also uh, uh, sell and implement ORP. Uh, this is something for us is really important for us to, uh, to be able to scale as a company. It's not... Uh, uh, do it all ourselves. But really, we want to focus on innovation and bringing the solution further and further, mm-hmm. uh, but not having to implement that solution everywhere ourselves. And uh, and also having local partners, for example, in the UK, in, in European countries, in the Nordics and South Africa to uh, that are closer to the customer and just sell uh, Orb as a solution also are able to implement it. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Like you, you want to focus on your core business and yeah. leave everything else to companies like Microsoft and other partners. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. I've seen other companies, you know, go the opposite route and they they try to control everything and then and then all of these problems become their problems. <laughs> yeah. 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 And and they end up regretting it later. So um very cool, very cool. Um, anything else you wanted to mention about the solution uh that that we didn't cover so far? No, I think uh, I think we pretty much uh, 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 cover it. There's a lot of uh, 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 cool features uh, mm-hmm. in it, which goes to a really detailed level. But for us, mm-hmm. um, uh, it's, it's really it, the, the key inspirational thing is to bring together really stores and online and really create that omni-channel journey for the customer. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this is what we what, what we completely focus on and and to help our, our retailers uh, uh, with. And I think uh, yeah, we keep doing that, pushing on. Cool. Well, thank you for building that on uh, on Azure. So, uh, where can people find you? Um, do you? Ha- it looks like. Uh, do you have a LinkedIn page that we could link to? Yeah. So okay. uh, the Wolfpack DCS uh, website, Wolfpack uh, DCS LinkedIn as well. Perfect. Okay. And so we'll all and we'll include all of these in the uh, show notes for you. Um, but with that. Um, Thank you, Kuhn, so much for coming on here and talking about your SaaS solution. Uh, there, I think there's some really good lessons in here for other companies that are going through a similar journey. So thank you so much. Great. Thanks, Jason, for having me.